Anthropological Airwaves is the official podcast of the journal American Anthropologist, whose main offices are located on the traditional and ancestral territories of the Nakochong, Anacostia, and Piscataway peoples. The Anacostia and Potomac Rivers have long been places of trade and gathering for indigenous peoples, and Washington, D.C. is now home to diverse indigenous peoples from across Turtle Island. American Anthropologist has published material throughout its history that has taken knowledge from indigenous peoples for a scholarly audience and has not required its authors or editors to be good relations to indigenous peoples and communities. Acknowledging territory is only one step in repairing these relationships. The editorial collective of the journal is committed to deep listening and engagement with indigenous scholars, peoples, and communities to explore ways to be a better relation. Today's recording is the second in a three-part episode that was produced on the traditional territories of indigenous peoples across Turtle Island. The interview portion of this episode was recorded on the occupied ancestral lands of the Narragansett and Tongva peoples. The Narragansett peoples are the original inhabitants of the land now known as Rhode Island. They have stewarded this land since time immemorial and continue to do so today. The Tongva people ruled the unceded territory that is now known as Southern California for many millennia. Their descendants remain the stewards of these lands. The episode was edited and produced on Narragansett lands. Parts of this episode, including this recording, were also produced from the traditional territories of the Catawba, Waxa, Chera, and Sugary peoples. While many descendants of the Chera, Waxa, and Sugary communities eventually joined the Catawba peoples, today, the Catawba Nation continues to thrive in what is now called Rock Hill, South Carolina. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Anthropological Airwaves, the official podcast of the journal American Anthropologist. This is Season 4, Episode 1, Part 2. My name is Anar Parikh. I'm a PhD candidate in anthropology at Brown University. Some of you might already recognize me and my voice, but in case we haven't had a chance to be acquainted yet, I'm the associate editor of the podcast at American Anthropologist and the executive producer of this show. I use she, her pronouns. You're listening to the second installment of a three-part series titled I'm Indigenous, Not Mestizo, The Art and Activism of Rapper Jaguar Ariola, produced by Ben Salinas and Adelaida Tamayo, PhD students in the Department of Anthropology at Brown University. Originally submitted as a collaborative multimodal final project for a graduate seminar on violence, governance, and transnationalism, we're bringing you their work in podcast form with some minor modifications. In part one, which you can revisit for some additional background information about the project, they prepare for their interview with Jaguar Areola, an indigenous Chicano musician based in Los Angeles, California. Today, we're sharing the interview itself. Together, Ben, Adelaida, and Jaguar discuss a number of topics, including identity, activism, and solidarity. The interview is really the star of today's show so I won't take up too much of your listening time. But just so you know what you're listening to, we're dropping this series in your podcast feeds over the course of a week. Part one, which went live on Monday, is already available for listening. Today's episode is part two, the interview. Part three, 
a follow-up conversation between Ben and Adelaida, will be available to listeners on Friday, February 25th. If you're tuning in as these episodes drop, make sure you come back for the final installment in a couple of days. If you're tuning in from the future, feel free to listen to the episodes in order or hop around based on what suits your listening interests. You ready? Yeah. How y'all doing? Thank you for having me. Hey, welcome. Thanks for joining. Of course. Thank you both for reaching out and, uh, you know, for your patience and your uh, your labor. Go ahead and start. Yeah, totally. So I think you've, you've talked to Ben before. My name is Adelaida. I'm Adelaida. also in anthropology, and I just recently started listening to your music. I love what I hear. I love the radical, revolutionary vibe. And I would love to hear just a bit about your journey to rap. What brought you to the genre? Um, okay. And what brought you to mobilizing kind of your revolutionary ideas? Through the genre. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for the question. So, you know, first, uh, you know, for the audience or the public that may be listening to this, my name is Jaguar Arriola. I'm a hip hop artist uh, and um, I'm one half of uh, the hip hop duo called Cosmic Force and with my brother Native Threat. Um, but what brought me to Journey of Rap or just even being introduced to the genre, I was, I think, about maybe about 10 or 11 years old. Uh, I had heard hip hop before, but when I really got synced in, like to the point where I had an identity with music, it was around when I was ten or eleven. I don't come from a I don't come from an English speaking home, and most of the hip hop I did grow up listening to was hip hop that's in English, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, as you all know, probably uh, hip hop is in Arabic now. There's people that rap it in indigenous languages. It's, it's worldwide. It's a global genre movement uh, culture. But, you know, what I was hearing was what was from, you know, the so-called United States. Mm -hmm. So I was around 10 or 11 and, and um, you know, I, my mother worked at a, at a fast food spot in, in uh you know in my in my neighborhood and uh she's been there for a very long time and one time you know she she, she had this really old car you know and, and she struggled with it it was kind of like one of those cars that it wouldn't turn on often it was just it wasn't reliable and one day her car got stolen from the parking lot of where she worked um and we kind of were aware that the people who stole it weren't gonna get too far because the car wasn't reliable like at all. And it literally left them, I wanna say maybe like three miles up the street, you know, down the street. So when we found the car, we, there was like a bundle of CDs in there, like a full case of CDs back when, you know, people used to listen to CDs and they had like a Tupac, All Eyes On Me. It had a bunch of burned CDs that had like with permanent marker. It just kind of said like the names of you know, it said DMX. I know there was a DMX one in there. Rest in peace, DMX. Uh, rest in peace, Tupac as well. And they, but the one that really kind of like put me on was, uh, you know, Easy Does It. You know, NWA, Easy E. And I kind of got the experience of, of a real hip hop 
rap CD, right? Uh, it's a, co a whole compilation where there's there's interludes in between. There's like samples in between of like, you know, uh, the rappers just kind of hanging out, bullshitting, whatever. And excuse me, uh, may, is it okay if I cuss? Totally Absolutely. fine. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So, you know, that really, it kind of just put me up on game, but something gravitated me towards that over any other genre. Because I was exposed to other genres. My older brother is a skateboarder. He was a professional skateboarder at one point, and he, he liked a different kind of genre. Um, I guess it would be like more on the alternative rock side. My, my mom likes like uh, romanticas, uh, you know, just some of it very soft, some of it very, uh, very uh, uh, more uh, lively, I guess. So this is how important music is and art. It's timeless, you know, like it truly changed my life. Just ending up with an easy ECD in my hands and the circumstance that it happened, you know, uh, it would just it just ended up being there because someone the people who stole my mom's car, they forgot they forgot it there, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was uh, that's how I kind of got into the genre, you know, um, as the years progress, you know, I, I was introduced to many other artists, and rappers that influenced me, you know, um, the ones that influenced me in the more revolutionary, political, socially conscious way was uh, you know, my favorite hip hop artist is a brother named Immortal Technique. Um, I like him a lot. I like a guy that, a brother that's part of his camp. His name is CF, Constant Flow. He's uh, from Jersey City, New Jersey, uh, Puerto Rican brother. And, you know, it's just been a lot since then. You know, uh, um, I listen to a lot of a lot of different rappers. Some of them are politically conscious. Some of them just tell stories. Some of, the, some of it is fun music just for a vibe. Uh, but it, it, that's the genre I like, you know, so um, I hope I answered your question to a, to a certain degree. Like when did you start actually rapping like, and making your own music, and, like not just listening to it? Uh, January 2016 is when I started my first, uh, when I recorded my first song. And it was um, a song titled Spar Like a Jaguar. When you hear a whisper in the wind, spar like a jaguar in its motherfucking skin, I'm masked. And that song, it was already released and things like that. But, um, you know, that was the first track I ever recorded. I remember, uh, like, in 2015, I was deep into hip-hop. Like, I'm talking, like, that That was, like, my religion. It still is my culture. Um, I just go to hip-hop shows all the time with my partner. And, uh, you know, just seeing, you know, different MCs perform live, it's just like, man, like, I'm like, yo, like, I want to do that. I can do that. You know, I have a lot of rhymes written, but I've never recorded in a, in a studio. I don't even know how, how, how would I would go about that process. So, you know, I hung out with, I had some homeboys and homegirls and, and, you know, you know, whenever they throw parties or kickbacks, you know, uh, some of my, my people, they would, you know, gather in the back and we'd just have a little cypher, right? A little circle. Um, and I would, I would, uh, I would attempt, to rap you know and some of them were like damn like you know mind you these are my, my my people from my community who aren't really aware of like social justice nothing none of the, none of the shit i'm into to be honest you know mm -hmm. they just live their life and kind of they're just like ah oh. they're like yeah fuck the government mm -hmm. but that's that's as far as it goes right yeah, or, yeah fuck mm -hmm. the cops you know uh fuck racism but you know like that's it nothing you know beyond that and and you know 
I was already deep into, you know, learning about lectures from different black power scholars. Like, uh, you know, I learned about Dr. Khalid Muhammad, uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Uh, and it was a lot of, uh, a lot of black empowerment um, teachers that I learned from, you know, before my own, you know, uh, as a non-black person, me, you know, a person who's uh, indigenous, who's a uh, native, but I got to give credit to, uh, you know, I've, I've been involved in hip hop since, you know, middle of 2014 through an organization, a global organization called Guerrilla Republic. It's a hip hop organization. Every corner of the planet, uh, Bulgaria, Mexico, Guatemala, Ecuador, uh, uh, you know, different reservations in the, in the United States. These people helped me push that song. You know, these comrades, these relatives, uh, my brother is the truth. He's, uh, you know, one of the one of the founders of Guerrilla Republic hip hop. He actually helped me push the song. And, you know, I, I believe that's one of the reasons it might have got so many plays early on. But, you know, I, right away, I, I got like, that's very motivating. You know, your first track, you're getting love. People are like posting it, whatever. To anybody listening, you know, if you try, if you want to do anything, karate, uh, soccer, hip hop, whatever, only painting, uh, whatever you want to do, there's only one way to go when you start at the bottom. But you got to, you know, work on that craft and respect the craft and because it's not a game. It's a culture. And, you know, I don't appropriate. I appreciate. So I had to come correct. You know, if I join a Kung Fu dojo down the street, I'm going to I'm not going to quit the next day. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to respect the craft because that's someone's culture from Asia. You know, hip hop is black culture. Hip hop is, you know, uh, it started. It comes from the African-American experience, you know. So me as a non-black person, as an indigenous person, native, um, you know, I celebrate uh, my black relatives and, you know, the art that they gave the world that. I'm blessed enough to be able to participate in. Um, so shout out to my brother DBZ Swaby for, you know, allowing me to go use the microphone. It was in, it was in the bed, in his bedroom, you know, and, and, you know, for kind of just believing in me, man, being like, yo, yeah, do it, bro. Like shit. Like, you know, if you don't do it today, when are you going to do it? And it's just like that. Right. Um, uh, and oftentimes I get hit up by, by artists or people who want to, you know, get into hip-hop and they say yo how do i do this i say look go on craigslist right now if you're ready if you have your rhymes and your beat ready you can find one on youtube just, again just rip it off steal it some of them are free it literally says free beats on youtube right just use it download it whatever find a home studio and on craigslist in your neighborhood and go pay you you'll probably pay like 25 dollars if that's accessible to you 30 dollars for like a one hour session for you to record tell the engineer there that it's your first time Hopefully they're nice and, you know, they, and, 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 and they're, and they're supportive, you know, but they might not be, but, you know, but you gotta be ready for that. Cause man, hip hop, you know, you get called, you get, people say you're whack, you know, people say you're, you know, uh, 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 that you can't rap, you know, or, or whatever. So you gotta have thick skin and just keep it pushing. Cause I've been told many times that I've been told by a lot of people that they love my music. And I've been told by people say, Oh, you know, uh, you know, you might want to do something else, whatever. So you, you just got to keep it moving, you know, like anything. Like if I paint, you know, or if I or if I sing or I dance, someone might not be feeling it as much as others, right? So you got to be ready for that, you know, criticism and, and, and just come stronger, you know, work on it, work on the craft. And that's what I did, you know, I, uh, I made it an effort to, because I, I was so into going to hip hop shows live, seeing Immortal Technique live, Chino XL, sick jacking from the cycle round like outstanding entertainers yo like the, i pictured it like like a stadium you know like like uh, uh um like when my ancestors our ancestors um you know had uh people would recite poetry in front of many uh, in front of an audience 
the way these MCs move the crowd and they're so humble and like, and like shake everyone's hand, you know, they're not commercial. They don't show up with security guards. They literally pull up, get off their tour bus and like go holler. They'll go hang out with you at the merch booth for a while. You know, they're, 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 they're people artists because hip hop is, is underground. It's grassroots. Definitely performing live just kind of like, uh, it just gave me a stronger, more confidence, you know, like more confidence even when I recorded in the studio because now I understand, I get it that, you know, I, uh, you know, I can do this. If I could do this live, I could do this in the booth, right? I mean, um, with no one around me, just myself. So, yeah, you know, um, I hope that, I hope that kind of answered that. Yeah, totally. And I like what you said about keeping it moving because that's so important in any art form, even mm -hmm. in like as a student to kind of keep doing things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. I had one, I wanted to ask you, I, I really got excited about your name when Ben told me about your name okay. because I don't know if you've heard, I mean, I'm sure you've thought about this stuff, but I don't know if you've heard of this, these two jaguars that haven't, that keep crossing through the Mexico-US border and like the authorities, they can't stop them. The US really wants to stop them from coming in the US, but they can't stop them. Mm. Um, Cause obviously like, obviously they don't respect borders. Um, anyway, since I heard about that, I love Jaguars and just wondering if you like, what led to your name? Like, was it a similar kind of? Right. Yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so the name Jaguar, the way it came about was I, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I love history. I like to study history. You know, like I said, uh, I, I originally started learning about, you know, um, black history, you know, a lot of black history studying, you know, because, you know, I live in, I live in the United States, right? The so-called colonial uh, Republic of the United States. And this is, you know, my experience and also being a, a big uh, uh, supporter of hip hop music, which, uh, you know, uh, black people created. Like I said, I learned from a lot of black scholars before I learned about my own history first and learning about history. Once I started getting into my my people's history, my culture, my background, my, my origins, my ancestry, my lineage, et cetera, I came to the understanding that um, the jaguar is indigenous to the Americas. So, right, so our four-legged relative, you know, spotted cat, that animal, that relative um, is indigenous to this continent, right? So uh, you can find the jaguar in North America, Central America, and South America, and nowhere else on the planet, okay? So... That's real special to me, you know, and not just the Jaguar, there's others. You, you got the Coyote, you know, um, you got the Condor, a um, few others, right? But but the Jaguar, you know, it just, as I, as I, as I did my research and learned, you know, the, the, the little Mesoamerican history that I know, um, I came to the understanding that a lot of nations, a lot of indigenous pre-Hispanic, pre-colonial nations in Mesoamerica um, were, what is it? Um, a revered the jaguar in some way, shape, or form, especially the ancient cultures. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I came to the understanding that the jaguar is, uh, you know, very sacred among. I actually have a jaguar's hat on right now. It's the NFL team, but you know, I wear it to represent, uh, you know, our people, our lineage. But um, you know, whether it was uh, the Toltec, the Olmec, um, you know, different, different different uh, indigenous ancient societies from Mesoamerica revered the jaguar. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to give myself a name, I'm going to just roll with jaguar because that's something that, like, I want to represent my people in this, in, this, in, this, in this genre, in this culture, in this music. 
how can I represent my people without just, you know, appointing myself a, a very, a very uh, Mexican centric name. I didn't want to do a Mexican centric name because, you know, I represent more than uh, the people of Mexico. Uh, those are my people, but I also represent people from Ecuador, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras, Panama, Belize, Argentina, Chile, the entire Caribbean, La República Dominicana, Cuba, right? And uh, so-called Canada, you know, my indigenous First Nations people from Canada, you know, first people of the United States, quote unquote. Uh, I say quote unquote a lot whenever I, uh, you know, talk about colonial republics. That's special to me, you know, uh, the same way I represent the, I might talk about corn in my music. Corn is indigenous to our continent, potatoes, right? Uh, we, we, our people have given a lot to the world. The, mm -hmm. the abacus, uh, you know, the, the concept of zero, Mayan ancestors, right? Uh, gum, we invented gum too, right? Uh, a lot of things. So, you know, hopefully I can, I can, uh, people from outside of our, our, our community can, you know, learn about us and, you know, um, learn that, you know, in the, in the new world, as they call it, right? As the colonizers called it, you know, lived a very, uh, uh, a very sacred people, you know, that, that, that we lived in harmony and we, you know, with, the environment with earth mother and uh we weren't these uh quote-unquote savage quote-unquote primitive people that that were talked about in journals that got sent back to europe right when colonizers came over here yeah you know it's uh that's you know jaguar you know want to represent you know the continent turtle island Abyayala, you know uh north central and south america because uh we're the same people you know we just you know if if, if the southern colonial border got moved up a few miles, you know, people in indigenous people of Texas would be called Latinos or Hispanics today, right? So, um, you know, colonial borders are, 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 are European. They weren't here. You know, we're older than those borders. We're older than the Bible. We're older than, uh, you know, uh, any cross, anything that's came to our lands after we had already built our civilizations and in our communities. Um, our, even our, even our very nomadic societies were very organized, you know, very, uh, um, what is it? Um, very organized and you know uh, autonomous. You know autonomous. So, yeah, that no, that's the that's the background of where I got the name Jaguar from. So we have this uh, this question here is like basically kind of both of us are interested in like how our scholarship and how basically everyone can kind of make the world a less shitty place. You know, in, in combating racism, which is like and you know every type of oppression, which is uh, kind of why we were drawn to you. So like. Yeah, you believe in like a utopia, creation of utopia, like, and if so, like, how can your music be part of that? How can your music help us reach that? So, as far as believing in a utopia, I do believe that another life is possible. You know, I do believe that. You know, capitalism has only existed for so long, right? Yeah. We, there, you know, there was a life, there was a time before capitalism, right? Before the transatlantic slave trade. That was the root or origin of capitalism and the exploitation of Earth Mother on in the New World, right? In the Americas, that began capitalism, you know, and you know that's the root of basically, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 destruction of Earth Mother, the destruction of human, mm -hmm. all non-human life as well. It's from capitalism, white supremacist, patriarchy, heteropatriarchy, all that, right? Um, but as far as a utopia, a perfect world, we can we can we can. Uh, try to live a better life you know it's a it is possible you know we saw an example in cuba um when with the cuban revolution you know uh people 
die of old age in Cuba, you know, they live very long lives. That's that can't be said here in the United States, you know. Um, this is the, the first world, right? The champions of the first world. Um, but you know, I was doing some mutual aid yesterday with my partner, right? We were distributing uh, lunches to the uh to you know houseless relatives, relatives without shelter, you know, homeless relatives. And you know, it just we are very humbled, you know, you know, with when we do mutual aid, but we're very saddened that, you know, this system leaves people houseless, right? Leaves people without shelter, leaves people without essentials, um, food, clothing, shelter. Uh, we need that. That should be guaranteed, right? Uh, homeless people didn't exist before 1492 on our continent, you know? So um, that came with white supremacy, that came with, uh, um, you know, European colonization settlement. So I do think that another world is possible, you know? And I do think that it's going to look, it's not going to be on paper, right? I can't put it on paper. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with theory like that, but I don't have to be, right, to imagine it. Um, you know, there's examples of the Cuban revolution. you got the Zapatistas, you know, but we will need, we definitely will need, um, you know, a unity, intercontinental unity between different leaderships because we are in an era of imperialism. So I can be an anarchist all I want, right? And we got, we got, let's say we got a, a strong community of anarchists and, and, you know, where I'm at and like, you know, we're ready for anything, but at any point the imperialists can blow us up. Right. So we need, we need support. We need, we, we will, we will need a warrior society, right. We will need um, uh, people that can uh, uh, protect us. We need to have, um, you know, uh, weapons, you know, weapons, because we, again, we're in an era of imperialism, right. Where, where, where they've set up a monopoly on everything. They're going to set up embargoes. They're going to, if, if, people were to try to push a, some kind of revolt in this country, you know, you're going to be met with some serious opposition. And I tell people, I tell the conservatives, I tell the Democrats, I tell the Republicans, if you were to try to get some real revolution here, like a real constructive change to the system, guess who would be the first people to shoot you? The police. The police are going to be there to defend the government. They're going to, after, if you do get through them, guess who's going to be next? The U.S. Marines, the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Army. The, the all those guys that all all their colonial forces are going to be the next to shoot the people you know so they're not here to protect the people they're actually here to protect the corporation which is the united states they're here to protect the colony the empire right neo rome i call it in one of my recent songs songs called fuerza guerrera too of a false neo rome this country's terrorists are right and homegrown grab a couple magazines trouble with these mega freaks yeah i see, I see. um this is neo-Rome, you know, only America is not as strong as, as Rome because Rome conquered people and, and they, um, they let them know that, you know, um, you know, that they, other people lost because they were, they were, they were weaker in conflict, but America is, uh, uh, uh you know, is, is basis, basis their oppression on race, you know, mm -hmm. Romans con conquered other white people, Romans, you know, they, 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 they fought each other, right? White people versus white people, the same way some indigenous nations had a conflict with others, right? Africa, Asia, etc. However, you know, it got ugly 500 years ago in 1492, right? When they began to justify the genocide with race, right? With phenotype, with eugenics, shit like that. So that's when they got, it, it, you know, we turned, you know, a new world happened, right? Something new happened. But um, we there, there is definitely a possibility of another world. And it takes, takes people, you know, banding together. It takes people... Um, you know, being tolerant with one another, you know, being patient.
but at the same time getting shit done, you know, mutual aid, you know, um, um, you know, uh, solidarity work and diversity of tactics, right? We can all, we can do, we can do both. I can say free Palestine while still saying uh, mm. remove the United States empire from Turtle Island, right? I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I can support Black Lives Matter. I can stand in solidarity with my Asian relatives um, because we need a, a global global unity, right? Uh, we need union among all oppressed people because we're all under the colonial boot, including a lot of white relatives too. You know, European Americans, a lot of them don't realize it, but a lot of them are also, uh, uh, you know, they're also oppressed by the, by the ruling class, the elite class, right? So we, we need everybody on the same page so that we can uh, win. Unfortunately, in the United States, it looks a little bit kind of hard because of the race thing, right? Racism is so... It's just like a, a nasty, uh, uh, um, you know, a gash. It's not. It's not a small paper cut. It's a gash, and it's bleeding out. You know, Brother Malcolm X said that a long time ago. Um, and the problem is, uh, you know, uh, America won't even acknowledge that it's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and fucking acknowledgement, you know, fix it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect the system to ever fix itself. So, which is why I tell people, you gotta. You gotta do you gotta do things your own way. You gotta take your freedom. No one's gonna give it to you, especially not these nonprofits. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you nonprofits create employees. They don't create revolutionaries. Revolutionaries come from the grassroots. You know, collectives, mutual aid. Um, but as far as my music, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna provide social commentary on it. You know, same way people are writing books. Same way are pe- people writing books about the, the times right now. Some people are painting pictures. Some people are creating murals about. The circumstance where that we're living in right and you know neo rome colonial this colonial republic people paint pictures people sing people dance uh you know uh people tattoo whatever you know you know y'all are doing uh you know your work you know whether it's interviews or journalism you know mm-hmm. but you're partaking into documenting this and so that people can hear it you know hear different perspectives and and ultimately uh, uh support support the revolution because we need people do- we need people documenting right you know, uh, I, I want to tell my story. I don't want the white man to tell a story for me. You know, I don't want to die and have a white guy write my book and say, okay, here's who he was. Woo woo. Nah, I'm going to tell my own story. And we all have control of that with this computer that we carry in our pockets, right? We all, we, we post on our Instagram or on Facebook. That's like a journal, right? We're telling our own story. Um, so, you know, I appreciate what y'all are doing uh, because, you know, you're, you know, it's diversity of tactics, right? We all participate in some way, shape or form. Some people are slicing the tires on the ice bands right now so that ice doesn't go deport some people to the border, right? And that's, that's solidarity right there. We need that direct action, you know what I'm saying? We need that shit. We, we don't need people just standing on the sidewalk holding signs with a city permit to do a protest, you know? We need people to take the fucking street without the permission of the city, you know? We need people to block the freeway so that, so that, the, so that the money gets stopped that day, you know? Unfortunately, people are not going to go to work but that is a that is a sacrifice. It's a revolution, you know. It's it's a, it's tactics, right? Um, we need people uh, feeding our, our homeless, shelterless relatives. We need people uh, doing journalism, doing radio shows, these underground radio shows. We need people entertaining people too, right? Because it, it's not just it's not just uh, uh, you know I'm not I'm not just bumping revolutionary hip hop every day. I'm not you know if I'm on my way to the club, I'm not trying to I'm not I'm gonna be probably listening to something that for a vibe, right? To have, have a good time. So. You know, we're 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 multi-dimensional um, beings. You know, we're not just oh, we're just gonna fight fucking fight the system every day all day. Yeah, we do that, but we also take time for ourselves. We also, you know, again, diversity of tactics. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, burnout is real. So, you know, I 
you know, I, uh, I salute anyone on the grounds doing any kind of work, you know, um, we, uh, uh, but again, my music is going to be social commentary to that. I'm going to, you know, my music has evolved from just being like pro indigenous, super like about my people, my culture, my empowerment to solidarity with all oppressed people all over the world under the colonial boot of imperialism, of capitalism, of white supremacy, you know, um, uh, but, and it's going to be historical, you know, to remind people that um, they try to write us out of the history books, right, by relabeling us Latinos, Hispanics, Mestizos. But, you know, we actually were here, we're here before them. Uh, just because I became half white, became a so-called Mestizo, you know, being a, you know, that doesn't mean I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm all of a sudden not indigenous anymore. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not half an eagle. I'm a full bird. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For sure. Thank you. That covers so much of what we've been talking about in class and that I feel like the things that you're saying is just so much more powerful to have a video of somebody talking about it mm -hmm. than us like yes. writing these essays over and over again. So it's awesome just to hear all of this and have a video of it. Please. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate the feedback for sure. Yeah. Um, any last question? Yeah, yeah. Kind of just on this like note of diversity of tactics, like we are constantly trying to figure out what we as university students coming out coming in this like we you know we have a position of privilege. We go to a rich university founded on slavery, like built by slaves on right. slave land. You know, we make money off of like telling grant apologists. You know, we tell mm -hmm. people stories and we try to do that in a way that best benefits people but you know it's it's about being in touch with those people so you know how can how can you see us or like scholars and universities in general as supporting these movements like what, what can we do so I, I would definitely say i thank you for the question so become familiar you know to however you can with the ongoing fights in your areas right with the local fights mm -hmm. um whether it's supporting black people on the ground indigenous people Asian people, you know, whoever is under the colonial boot that's fighting for some kind of, you know, fight, that's some some kind of righteous fight, monetary donations, right? If you got an extra dollar, extra five dollars, you know, uh, donate to that to that mutual aid group, you know. Uh, again, I, I would say stay away from the nonprofits, you know, just personally, just from my own experience as well, like, you know, um, donate to those mutual aid groups. You can find them always on Instagram, you know, uh, different people share them. Um, support uh, people who do frontline work. Sometimes, like, uh, I know my sister, Kanahus, uh, her name is Kanahus Manuel uh, on Instagram. I believe it's, she's Kanahus.tattoos. She is the, is a frontliner. She is a land defender, water protector for her people. She's Sequatmuk. That's an indigenous nation in what is today uh, colonial Canada. Um, and, you know, her people are fighting ski resorts, all kinds of shit. Like, they, mm -hmm. they never signed a treaty with the, with the colonial Canadian government. They, they never signed a treaty with the Queen of England. They're still, that's still their land and they're building ski resorts. You know, they're, they're just, you know, destroying her homelands and their people are still there. But people, uh, the Canadian government is so invested into claiming that they're very progressive and that racism does not exist in their country. Like America, they're like, oh my God, America's so racist. They had Donald Trump. Man, y'all are doing the same shit to indigenous people over there, yo. You know, so I would say become familiar with those fights, you know, um, Again, monetary donations. Uh, if you want to support by by having some kind of fundraiser at your campus, you know, creating a club where, you know, become informed, you know, you assign 
different member of your club to become informed of, about a, a specific fight going on, maybe in Canada, maybe in Colombia, maybe in Ecuador, etc. And you know, you can become uh, some kind of vehicle to support those people. And you eventually you build you build trust with the people that are on the ground, maybe in Guatemala, maybe in El Salvador. You say, hey, I'm a student over here. You know, I've gathered I've gathered these funds. Can I send them to you? You're part of that organization over there. It's grassroots, and you know that's how you build international solidarity. Uh, you know, it, it don't got to be international. It could be here too. You know, we, I mean, people live in third world conditions here in this country as well. You know, so, um, you know, I would say definitely the mutual aid groups, the collectives, support anarchists. Definitely support anarchists. They do a lot of work in the community, and it's like super low key. Uh, there, you wouldn't even know who they are. It could be the cashier at your grocery store, but best believe he's probably breaking some pipelines that are carrying, that are going through native lands, you know, at night they do some shit like that. So um, I would say support the anarchists, you know, there's, there's anarchist pages online, you know, they're grassroots, a lot of anarchists, you know, people have this misconception that it's like some white boy shit. All the anarchists I've ever met, they're all like brown skin like me. I met a lot of black comrades. They got afros. They're anarchists straight up. Like they are, they're not playing. They are, they're tired. They don't want, they don't want negotiation. They don't want reform. They want abolishment, abolitionists, support abolitionists, the abolitionist movement, you know? Um, you know, so so I would say, you know, communists too. You got a lot of like people of color that are communists, you know? The different routes, you know, that people have taken, um, you know, so I would say support them, you know? And, and, and you know, if y'all have access to, to funds, you know, um, that the, the school has, then yeah, I would say donate it to, to those orgs and always uh, base it on power dynamics. So like, uh, instead of sending okay, I'm, a, I'm an indigenous man, right? I'm straight, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a straight indigenous man. I'm cisgendered. Yes, I'm, I'm a person who's, who's under the colonial boot, but my sister could be a trans indigenous uh, woman who could use that support more. So base it off power dynamics, right? Base it off of uh, gender. Uh, she could, uh, I could have a, 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 my, my, my queer son or my queer daughter, you know, she needs, she was going to need the financial support more than I do. So, or you know, just base it off that, you know, I would say uh, someone's homeless, you know, the different disadvantages, that's how you would uh, base that support, you know, if you're going to create a, uh, you know, some kind of support team for, for migrants, you know, that are, that are, that are coming, you know, that maybe there's, maybe there's undocumented relatives living in the city where y'all go to school at, cool, maybe y'all can support them, you know, maybe create like a, a group that supports them specifically. Um, sometimes it, it's important to like, it kind of like helps you stay organized to just pick a cause, like a specific one, like, okay, uh, undocumented relatives or okay um, uh, disadvantaged black relatives you know um, Asian community whatever you know uh, indigenous community you know it could be indigenous to the whole continent or it could be the specific nation where the land where that school was built on if you don't have the money from the system it's going to take grassroots organizing and just basically building you know if y'all have skills you know um, you know share them with the community and, and fundraising you know things like that tattoo fundraisers i know my my, my sister Kanahu, she does tattoo fundraisers um you know um she's a traditional hand poke tattoo her husband's in prison and uh you know we're fighting for his freedom and things orlando watley uh elk bone he's been incarcerated over 26 years uh crimes he didn't commit so we're still fighting for him that's one of that's basically my main focus right now i'm the go-to person with him me and my brother native threat we're the go-to people we were in and out mail with him he calls me every other day. I put money in my phone so I get accept calls from prison. He's an indigenous prisoner. He's Chickasaw, Native American. So, um, you know, he's incarcerated. 23-hour lockdown a day, you know. 
doesn't see the sun, nothing. So it's just, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's torture. So that's my main focus right now. That's my main fight just because that's the only one I can commit to right now with, you know, because of my current employment, my, my job. So it, it only limits me to, to fight for something, you know, but, and sometimes, you know, I, I can only commit to myself, you know, to just surviving. Right. So, um, I would say be, be gentle with yourselves, be kind to yourselves and, you know, make, make your time for, for your loved ones, for your romantic partners, if you have one, you know, and still fight, fight the fight, you know, cause you know, regardless, if you don't do it, someone else will. So if I, if I take a break today, someone's still putting in work to today as well. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's, that's the community, right? That's, that's, that's the, um, uh, no, that's how we rock. We're, we're, we're collective. We build, you know, uh, we eat together, right? It's no individualistic, none of this self-made shit, none of this, you know, I did it on my own. Woo, woo. Nah, hell no. Nah. That's, that's that white man mentality, white colonial, uh, mentality, uh, European supremacy, you know, which is not the way our people move our people. Um, you know, and even Europeans, man, like Europeans had a very indigenous culture before they got Christianized. You know, they had a very, they had a responsible relationship with the land before that they were, uh, quote unquote pagans, you know, they were, they were, uh, they were uncivilized like us too, you know, but you know, they, they, they were introduced to the idea that, a that a Hebrew Messiah died for them and got, you know, killed and armed by the police and, uh, you know, uh, crucified. And now they, they saw people as less because they didn't believe in that, you know? So, um, definitely, you know, uh, white people can decolonize too. White people, uh, I would say shit, man, like, like, like decolonize, unlearn, unlearn that, you know? And, and, you know, when we say white people, we obviously mean, we obviously mean, uh, people that, uh, that practice oppressive behaviors, right? The institutions of white supremacy, the systems that have allowed for, you know, us to continue to be oppressed for, you know, centuries, you know, it, it, it's unfair. So they got work to do, you know, they got work to do for sure. So, you know, and, and, and I'm in solidarity. I'm in solidarity with any people, right? Any people that want to get free, any people that are, that are down for the cause, you know, that aren't, aren't prejudiced and, and your, your revolutionary mindset can't be diet either. You can't be diet revolutionary. Oh, okay. Fuck racism, but I'm, but, but the person is, but, but they don't support, uh, 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 uh you know, queer relatives. Now, hell no, you gotta be intersectional all the way, right? We gotta be in solidarity with everyone, you know, trans, queer, uh, first nations, black, you know, whatever your background is, Polynesian, you know, um, poor. Cause at the end of the day, our, our opposition is the ruling class that doesn't care about us at all. Right. doesn't care about the planet. doesn't care that you're going to have grandkids. You may have grandkids one day and they might not have, uh, you know, clean air to breathe. Right. So we got to stay focused. We, you know, and, and that's what it is. Well, Thank you so much for, for joining us. I, I This was inspirational for me. I'm definitely changed, you know, because thank you so much. And my family's from Chiapas, too. My family came here from Mexico, so I feel with that. Okay. Um, okay. And yeah, I just really, I really appreciate you for, for, uh, for coming out to do this with us. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Appreciate it a lot. I appreciate both of you for reaching out and, uh, you know, um, you know, having me uh, on your, on, you know, for your school assignment. I also went to school. I went to university as well, um, so I, I I know that I know that journey to a certain degree. So and I wish y'all luck. I know academia, you know, Western academia is very, uh, <laughs> it's very linear, you know, to say the least. So just just stay focused and you know handle your business, do what you got to do, so you can do what you want to do. You know, um, uh, again, uh, so it's uh 
it's Ben and then a uh, relative. What, what is your, is it, how do you, Adelaida. your first name? Adelaida. Adelaida. Okay. And where is your, where your heritage from? I'm Colombian. I'm in Bogota. Oh, Col Colombiana, the, the Bogota. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you both. Y'all stay safe. Shout out Chiapas, shout out Bogota, you know, Colombia, Mexico, all oppressed people, right? We, we're gonna, we're gonna get free together. So if you disbelieve, for all I know is life is really different. Even when you pass this earth, you ain't gonna never ever leave. Exist in every particle and every article, regardless written in the spitting that I breathe. Love, love, love. Connecting with the land where I stand, rattle with hand with my band. Grateful for the day. I heard the wind say, live on another day, live on another day. Connecting with the land where I stand, rattle with hand with my band. Grateful for the day. I heard the wind say, live on another day, live on another day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Anthropological Airwaves. The final installment of this series will be in your podcast feeds on Friday, February 25th. Many thanks to Jaguar Ariola for his time and insights. This episode was edited and produced by Adelaida Tamayo and Benjamin Salinas. Anar Parikh is the executive producer of Anthropological Airwaves and the associate editor of the podcast at American Anthropologist. This episode features the following music. Easy Does It by Easy E, Fuerza Guerrera 2 by Jaguar Ariola and produced by Acosta the Man, and Another Day by Cosmic Force featuring Azomali and produced by Acosta the Man. The background music is made by Benjamin Salinas, and the intro and outro music you hear is titled Waiting by Crowander. As always, a closed caption version of this and every episode of Anthropological Airwaves is available on our YouTube channel and a full transcription on the episode page on the American Anthropologist website. Links to both are included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to subscribe to Anthropological Airwaves wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review us while you're there. A five-star review in particular will help other listeners find the show. We would also love to hear from you in general. If you have feedback, recommendations, or thoughts on recent episodes, send an email to amanthpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on our Facebook page or on Twitter with the handle at AnthroAirwaves. Find links to all of our contact information in the show notes or on the Anthropological Airwaves section of the American Anthropologist website. See you later. Thank you.